Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greetings, travellers. My name is Christopher William Herbert Glasson. Do you know what, right? You are a fucking arsehole. Why? When I sit there and I do the sound checking bit, I go, right, can you start talking? You go... Yeah, yeah, one, two, check. This is what I've had for breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And then the minute I press record, you're like, greetings! And everything starts peaking. You go into glasson mode. Now I'm peaking doing an impression oh. of you. Peaking, that's not me and Chris with erections. Peaking insofar as uh, our little graphic equalisers are going into the red. To the right of me is my miserable co-host. <laughs> Good morning. You right, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, um... Late one last night? Uh, yes, yeah. Working till... 3am, um, but it was good, it was the end of dry January, oh, Okay. so it meant that, and, and at the end of a five week month, and yeah. everyone got paid, so in club land, that's a good night, it means everybody Busy. wants to go and have a drink up, and and you know, and they've got money in their pocket to, to come and have a good time. Yeah, so, bike kebab at the end of the night as well. All of that mate, all of that. No, and no drunken tomfoolery, everyone was mostly respectful last night? Um, one guy, one, one guy... Um, who now when you think like what's the worst thing you want to be called if someone's antagonising you? It's bruv, isn't it? Yeah. Right, because you think, well, I've got a brother, mm. and and I've got friends that I would see mm. in a brotherly way. Mm. A guy using the terminology, "I'll fuck you up, bruv." <laughs> that's not brotherly, is it? No, no it isn't. No. Like that's just offensive. Yeah. So yeah, I had one one young lad that. Um, Sort of turned up that was clearly um, fired up, oh. uh, and it was like I don't think we should let him in, and uh, and he and, and not that we'd ever judge people on what they wear mm-hmm. in in the toothbrush because because um, everyone looks a state, yeah, <clears throat> a glorious mess, but that's <laughs> what we want, yeah, and uh, but he looked very, mm. he didn't look like he he would. Generally frequent an alternative nightclub, right, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, when he turned up literally with a bowl big enough to fucking have about 10 litres of Liam Gallagher <laughs> soup, it was like, he just, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And he was just right in your face, yeah. like just fingers couldn't keep still, biting uh, his lips. And he was like, I don't think he's going to well Did he threaten you? Like, nah, nah. Only because I was hiding behind all the door. I was going to say. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you alright? How's your week been? Yeah, tip top, thanks mate. Yeah, lovely week. Um, 
I, I can't think of anything remotely exciting. Uh, I, I say fishing, that. I went, yeah? I went to, that's rude. I'm being fishing if there's a fish in a sh- like some cool street. Yeah, you're like a kind of, um, you're, you're like a skater type rad uh, sea fisherman. Yeah, today. exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I, I, my, my Captain Bird's Eye uh, bought a BMX. That's what he'd look like. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing nasty to say about you. I quite right. like your jumper today. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, no, I had my mate's birthday last night. That was nice. I had, oh, I paid £9 for a fucking vegan hamburger. So, can you imagine that? I was I was absolutely disgusted by it. Stu's not responding because he's just finishing off a half a mug of coffee. I had a vegan hamburger this week. Did you really? Really enjoyed it. Yeah? No, mm-hmm. it was delicious. I stunk of onion after it. Mm. I went. I got, got in last night and started kissing Molly and she was like, go wash your face. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, that was the end of sex. So, yeah. So, home life's not so great, uh, apart from that. <laughs> it's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Shall we introduce our guest? Mm. So, this week, I am delighted to introduce... My oldest friend. Oh, really? We are. We we've known each other apart from our parents. We've known each other probably the longest, haven't we? I imagine uh, it's so Andrew so. Chambers. Morning. How you doing, morning. mate? Yeah, not too bad. Good, thank you. Early morning drive, but yeah, we're good. Good yeah. effort. Uh, well, I've got kids too, so yeah. getting up there early is pretty normal. <laughs> what time do you have to get up to get down here, mate? Six thirty, something that wasn't oh, too bad. So to put that in perspective, it's now just gone eleven a.m. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've driven from Bath to Essex. This from morning. Bath to Essex this morning, from the my new home to my old home. Yeah, so yeah, it's cool. It wasn't too bad. We've been chatting away about, um, well, uh, I guess mine and mine and Andy's love of Bath. Have you been to mm. Bath? Yeah, of course I've been to Bath. All right. Jesus Christ. I didn't I know there was a pool this is there. Like, this is like All when right. you accuse me of not being able to spend £20 on a bottle of wine. <laughs> you don't look like the kind of guy who goes to Bath, Chris. It's <laughs> true still, though, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I do not doubt that you spent £9 on a vegan burger, but I still, to this day, you've never spent £20 on a bottle I of wine. I swear down. I no. swear that. Cat Harrop. I bought one for Cat Harrop, Andy. Yeah. And you paid 20 quid for it? Yeah. Did you? Because she likes expensive white wine. Was it worth nine quid it though? Qu- it was quite nice. I don't like white wine, so. Right. But I have also been to Bath, can confirm. Yeah. Fact to go and see. Yeah. This one. You know when people say this one, it's not fun, is it? On no, like it's Instagram. not fun. No. Out, out tonight with this one. Yeah. Oh. I yeah. bet even they're ashamed that you yeah. said that. What he means is he fell asleep on a train and wound up in Bath. That's the only <laughs> time he's been a visit. I think when people say this one, mm. that fundamentally means... Stuck with this boring prick. <laughs> it's not like, I'm out with this one. It's like, you've got to overcompensate for the fact that this one's the last person you wanted to go out with that night. I think it means that you do really like that person, but also you don't have the energy to actually explain anything about their, <laughs> yeah. their characteristics. Exactly so you that. just go, oh, this one, the special one. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Not special enough for you to elaborate. Um, this one with no discernible features <laughs> or uh, personality. This one. So I've been meaning to get Andy on because... Sorry, we, but by now I'm just going to call you this one for the rest of our podcasting career. <laughs> and this one. Um, so Andy, like we, we like to have a good uh, few people on who, who, who do cool stuff for charity and that every, every now and then. And Andy, you run, you're in charge of um, Dads in Mind. 
I am well. I'm part of I'm part of the charity. Yeah, so I run the Bath chapter of it for sure. Yeah, so we set that up about nine months ago, um, and that helps new fathers struggling with um, uh, their own mental health, basically. So mm. I think a lot of guys go through becoming a dad, and you just kind of get isolated in it. But yeah, so we've been running that about nine months now. It's running Bristol. We've been running Bristol for a while, um, but. Yeah, moved it into Bath. It's now going into North Somerset, South Gloucester, um, Devon soon as well. So yeah, and it's wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. So did that come about through you suffering and yeah. wanting to find something, or did you set it up with someone, or did you join it and then become part of it, or yeah? So uh, the way it came about was I, so my. My wife struggled with postnatal depression for about two and a half years, and we had a, a little boy. Um, and we worked our way through that. But one of the things we realised when we were going through it was that there was no support for for dads in it. So it was like yeah. really mum centric, and everything focused on mum and baby. And actually, if you're caring for somebody, either if they're going through it and you're caring for them, mm-hmm. or actually, you know, one in ten guys struggle struggle with their own mental health as a result of becoming a dad. Um, that sounds really statty, but it's pretty much what it right. is. Um, yeah, I mean, one in ten guys will go through something, and actually, it's kind of just an unspoken piece. It just doesn't seem to get talked about. So, for me, my my journey with it was more centered in looking after my wife, and then struggling as a result of trying to support somebody else through it, yeah. and then getting my own little kick-ons from that. Mm. Um, but I think one of the things that we 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 wanted to do as a family really was try and change that outcome so initially we were thinking oh we'll set a charity up ourselves that was the initial Mm -hmm. idea that supported dads and kind of had whole family in mind but actually just by coincidence uh, a woman in in Bath who runs a charity called Open Space had supported my wife Um, and literally I mean she saved our life really she got my she got Lucy from a place of you know struggling to get out of bed and not not in a really good way at all um to bringing herself into a space where she, you know she could you know live a normal life again and that was all through like art therapy which is initially when it was suggested she was like no i don't think i'll be doing that i don't yeah. need to be going down there and dancing and singing and all that but it was, it's really cleverly done and it's it's amazing so dominie the the woman who went, runs that charity um put me in touch with Bluebell, um, who run Dads in Mind when they were looking to set it up in Bath. And the rest is history, really. I mean, for me, it was really just trying to change people's outcomes. I, I didn't have a lot of support. I didn't really know where to go. And actually, you don't really know to turn to. Um, you're caught in this cycle of... You, you've just had a baby, so it should all be pretty utopian and it should be the best thing in the world. And yet, actually, some of these feelings that are going on in your head just don't compute. Does so, that make it, does that double down on it? Because, like, you, 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 you know, you're having those feelings, and also there's an expectation that you didn't think you'd be having those feelings. So then that could potentially make you feel worse about it. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, you kind of get spiraled in it. I think you get caught into this yeah, cyclical motion of like, well, I can't be talking to people about that because I should be really happy right now. Why am I even feeling this? If I do, yeah. the other thing that a lot of guys go through is that it's like, what if I say these things? What do, who's going to take my kids off me? Like if I'm talking right. like this. I mean, the guy that used to run our Bristol chapter, uh, Louis, um, he used to struggle with uh, intrusive thought, which is actually, on research, is something that we all have. Um, it's, uh, 
it's basically that little voice in your head that says things that sometimes you're like, I wouldn't say that. My, my mate Craig is plagued by Craig, call, call him whatever you like. <laughs> I mean, it's basically been our friendship for 40 years, I suppose. But you know what I mean? There is like, a, everyone has those thoughts. Mm. It's just that on some level, um, those thoughts are just between you and your mind most of the time. But once you have a kid and he, st- he started having an intrusive thought about his children. Mm. And so there it's sort of scientifically proven that and it's a psychological component that actually you you're never going to act on them you're not going to yeah. do anything with them but just verbalizing them and saying them would make you quite mm. frightened of the outcome yeah. of what people would think of course you know? so there's lots of different things anxieties and you know people you know having a kid is probably one of the most stressful things you're likely to do i guess yeah. you would testify to that Stuart, mm. wasn't the easiest yeah, in the world yeah. um so, yeah, I mean, for me, it was about trying to change people's outcomes and actually just trying to encourage them to have conversations and think a little bit more laterally about what their, what, you know, their situation. Because often it's not as bad as you make it out to be in your own head. You know, your own little demons are the worst mm. people to talk to. Yeah. Um, so once someone can put it into some sort of perspective, then you get... It changes a different narrative. For it them, does, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we run Dad's Meets once a month, um, which... Are basically groups of dads you just, they can come along we supply pizza and you know refreshments people come in and sit down and have a have a drink and have a have a bite to eat and just spend a couple of hours chewing the fat about what they're going through and the really interesting thing with that is that not everybody's geared up for a group environment so we do like one-to-ones as well but <clears throat> in the group session what you find is that people people are at different stages right so i can look you can sit there and observe people kind of looking across the room telling their story and the guy that sat opposite him had that situation two years ago so he can then kind of share that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not as bad as what you think it might be and you'll find your way out of it you know because kids are pretty testing like you know you sleep deprivation is not a form of torture for no reason you know And, and pretty much everyone goes through that in some capacity um amongst many other things but yeah i mean it's a it's a really it's all tied in with this whole men's mental health thing and Mm. i think we we're getting much better at it we're getting much better at talking we're getting much better at having honest conversations and not being afraid to voice it um but yeah there's a lot of work to do on it i mean interestingly in just looking at where, where i live in bath um the the way they address... So the government is now looking at supporting men's mental health, doing screenings for new dads to make sure that they're mentally right. okay, which is a really great yeah. thing. Um, but unfortunately, that screening process only comes if your wife or partner is struggling. So... Themselves, right. Yeah, and actually, it's it's more common than you'd think that mm. it's not the mum that struggles. It's it's right. the dad often. Um, or it's a, you know, a more even split than you'd think. Mm. Um it can come in any walk so actually to sort of need your partner to be suffering in order for you to in order for you to Qualify. get help yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of weird does that I mean, mean you can make your wife suffer a little bit and then you can get can seen. you drag your wife down to yeah. a point whereby she's clinically depressed yeah. just to make yourself feel and, better I don't yeah. think that's yeah. a great idea but it is you know, you know. It is a I don't think it's illegal it's frowned upon <laughs> yeah it's frowned upon <laughs> lots of things are frowned upon though guys <laughs> okay that's your uh <laughs> That's your intrusive thoughts getting carried away again. Isn't it? Not, not waving at a zebra crossing and saying thank you, round upon. Um, can I just ask just quickly because obviously you've got a top five as well. Yeah. 
And do, what sort of is it like? What are the sort of guys you get? Is it like all super blokey people like who come to dads in mind? Or do you get a quite a large cross section of the sort of guys who, who show yeah, up? I mean, you get a pretty good mix, really. It's there's no uh, people we like people self referring to us. They might come through GPs or health visits and that kind of thing. But yeah, you do get a real cross section. And and the nice thing is actually what it also does is it bridges gaps between how people, um, how they kind of connect because actually you've got a common. In that sort of situation, you've got a common thread. Mm. So it'll be someone that you might never have met. We've got some young guys who come along who don't really have anyone, you know, most people are having kids later these days, so he doesn't have any mates or whatever, Mm. in one example I'm thinking of. That would be, um, you know, going through parenthood. You get others that have really totally changed their lives and and actually becoming a parent was something they planned or... Yeah, but actually, it's not quite what they were expecting. But they, you know, there's a lot of without getting too deep about it. But it's like there's a lot of sort of grieving of your old identity kind of thing that often comes into the room. That people are like, "Well, I thought it'd be like this, but I've given up this part of my life, and I didn't realise that I wasn't prepared to do it." Such an interesting concept, grieving your own identity because it's changed, and like you don't have the. That I guess uh, not being a dad, all I can ever do is observe um, my friends thank going god. through. For, thank god, yeah. Observe my friends going through fatherhood, and like you know, when you when your mates that you hang out with all the time suddenly have a kid, and the change in your life's responsibility overnight is is it's just almost you can't really prepare for it. And like, yeah. I can't hmm. explain the feeling I had when I saw a positive pregnancy test mm. for my, my first born. Mm-hmm. And I remember just seeing it and just, because obviously I was just a fucking idiot. Mm. It was just someone that was just doing stupid jobs and, and just, and just seeing that as much as obviously it was like amazing. Mm-hmm. It was also that, like I've never felt a weight of responsibility in an instant mm-hmm. where I just thought, oh, oh hang on, this yeah. is this is real. Shit, this is going to get real. This yeah. is like real. Like this isn't something I can run away from mm. or like not deal with. Mm. This is like, this is prop, this is grown up stuff. Mm. And yeah, and I, and I remember literally I had to go to work about a minute after I got that and I got in my mate's car and I just all the way to, to the club, I was just thinking, Holy shit. Like, and bear in mind, I was like, what, 28? I wasn't like young. But it was like, whoa. Mm. Like, that's, that's real. Like, yeah, I, think, I think that everyone react, like, reacts differently as well. Yeah. Like, some people see it as they're, they're, they're going to confront it face on and be like, right, it's time to sort of like level up now. Yeah. I've got responsibilities. And other people probably panic and yeah. don't handle it like that. So you're less of a... I'd love to have seen... I mean, you're a dick now. I mean, I can't imagine what you was like before kids Just then. a fool. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> fool. Yeah. What top five are you doing? So I toured with a lot of... So Chris and I both turned 40 this year. And so what? Yeah, well, news to you, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like it anyway. Um... Yeah, so I and we have, as Chris said, we've known each other for for forty years, um, we pretty used to much. Together, didn't we? Yeah, let's not get into that. Eh? Mm, that's that's a memory I've tried to forget. I've gone through counselling and everything for that, Chris, mm. and you just bring it up in an instant. <laughs> you know, you've hit forty, and you know you've got a family. You've moved somewhere really lovely. 
<coughs> you set up charities. Like, it's incredible. You get a skateboard to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mint green skateboard, though, <laughs> So living the dream, midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So originally, I thought about is there um, is there something I can do to connect to that, and I didn't really work. I couldn't find any interesting stories about Chris. So um, yeah. So I deferred to something that's probably a bit closer to my heart, I suppose. And I'm going with top five musical storytellers. Um, I think just because music's always been a big part of my life, I suppose, and I, I've always really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think on a lot of levels, it, it amazes me when you get artists that can sort of connect with you on like an emotional level and you listen to a track and it kind of brings you, you know, depending on where you are at a moment in time, it brings you to a different place. Um, yeah. And yeah, you can listen to it in different ways and, and the lyrics can really speak to you kind of thing. Are you basing it on the lyrics or are you basing it on the artist as in the music as well as the lyrics? So I'm kind of working on a basis that it it's kind of a... It, storytelling component so and that story might come from the narrative that you create in your mind as a result of what you're listening to yeah um or it might come from the physical story that that you're being presented with in terms of the the lyric and the the kind of imaginative thought that brings but yeah so sounds like a good good top five unless you're quite a difficult thing to do timmy mallet or something like that yeah he was in the number six, unfortunately. <laughs> just missed that. <laughs> just, just, just missed that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Mr. Tumble now is sort of popped his way to number seven. He's a big deal. <laughs> Shall we have your... Go, uh, did you do him in order, bud? I or, didn't do him in order. Is that all right? Can yeah, we do, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have to end that now. So. Yeah, okay. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, Been nice cool, to meet you. Cool, shortest podcast in history. <laughs> number five. Number five. Um, first one is Damien Rice. Um... I think uh, he's always been someone that... Welcome to Jam Rock and that, isn't it? Name yeah. That's him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the artist put the bit in there. <laughs> yeah, same guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go on, mate. Um, I think he's always been... Uh, he's been a He's a really interesting character. Like, he's he's the sort of... I mean, he released kind of O's original album. That was quite a few years ago now, almost 20 years ago, I guess. Um, but... He's only really ever had three major albums, I suppose. But he's a sort of character that actually is very private, very. In, but a lot of his lyrics and the way he speaks and the the way he kind of conducts his music is such a way that it's. I think for me, it's always kind of spoken to me in some ways. And I think because there's all sorts of relationship twists that come in the lyrics that he uses, um, it's just quite an emotive. He's quite an emotive character. We I saw him live um, in. Milan in 2014 I think when he did my favourite Faded Fantasy um, and yeah I mean he he's a, it's a, it was a massive venue relatively as probably a good 3,000 people there I reckon but it was quite sort of theatre like it was it was a huge room and at one stage he took all the lights down and turned all the mics off and everything and just played an acoustic from the stage. And it was, you know, the acoustics were pretty good in the room, but it was incredible the way he kind of captured an audience and like there's, you know, people with lighters going and stuff like that. But it really sort of, um, I think it speaks of his, his approach to music and also, you know, the fact that he wants to, it feels like to me as a listener that he always wants to build that connection with the, the person on the other end. And you never really know 
you never really know what's behind it. There's always been these sort of, um, over the years, you sort of, I suppose with musicians and celebrities to some extent, it's interesting to know what's going on or people that you like and people that you're interested in. You're always interested in what they've, um, you know, their lives to some extent. What's motivated them to write it? Or? Yeah, exactly. And, I th- and he, you know, there was a, a girl that used to work with him, I think Lisa Hannigan, who I think they were in a relationship. I might be wrong. I might be misquoting this. I'm pretty sure they were in a relationship. Right very close. Thank God for that. Um, yeah, I think they were in a relationship at one point and then that sort of ended as such. And then the whole, all of his albums really, I suppose, from then on, there was a lot of sort of questions around, what well, is that related to the relationship? Right, yeah. But for me, like just coming out, it doesn't make any difference to me whether they're in a relationship or not yeah. or that's going on. But I think the the interesting point with his music is that it kind of speaks to your emotional brain a little bit, or it does to yeah. mine at least, anyway. So yeah, uh, I remember, like obviously, like everyone else, my introduction, I imagine, was most people's introduction was Cannonball. Cannonball, yeah. And and hearing that, I'm thinking, that's some vocal that is. Yeah. And then I went and bought O, and and it was. Amy was the one that jumped at me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just thought, this is, it's the kind of, it's the right side of David Gray. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not totally Radio 1 friendly. Yeah. It's just got enough sadness, I think, and weight. <laughs> yeah. That, that it doesn't sort of venture into... Ed Sheeran kind of crossover yeah, to yeah. mainstream to a degree. I think it's, I think the album's marvellous. What was the, the single that followed that before the next album, the one that was on the film score? Contact Miser for you. Uh... I'm trying to think. Of, I've got the lyrics. I can't think of the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Name of the track. Yeah, what a fucking piece of music that is. Is, is so on that album was what Volcano Blow's Daughter. Blow's Daughter. Yeah, yeah. That's the track. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's a fucking marvelous yeah, record. Yeah. That is. It does. It's just like a. a in, for me, as a storyteller, he creates like a 
a place in your mind. So like taking Amy as an example, yeah. Amy comes sit on my wall kind of yeah. thing. You've just got this, for me, it kind of creates this vision of like, it takes me to a place where I can watch it happening almost. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. I mean, the same with everyone on this list. For me, it's, it's taken to you to a place where you can visualize it. And I think that's, and like without sounding like a wanker, like, Oh, that, that the next thing that's going to <laughs> He's going to be total wanker. But as someone that used to write songs... Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have made that any wanker It's definitely wanker. <laughs> that's that's it. It's such an hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. be able to convey your story and have people... I mean, I never managed it. Yeah. But like to be able to then... People can see it almost yeah that's that's a fucking art form that is well it is i mean mean? that's that's the i mean that's it for me is like the comparisons drawn between songwriting or lyrics or poetry and physical art is that they are all art forms in their own right but they all for me done well they create like a they create a narrative in your mind that is unique to you and is purely yours but it also can't be criticised it's like like, and that's why it it makes it the best for you it's like when you read a book the words are there and even when you when when an an author describes a person you're still the one who they says the guy's the person's wearing brown trousers terrible analogy here but you're the one who starts to articulate exactly the colour of that or link it to yeah. things. So by the time you've read the book, you've created a, a universe. That is, although he told the story, it's still unique to you. Yeah. So then when it gets the movie, a lot of the time people are like, well, that was a pile of shit. That's yeah. not how I... It doesn't fit the yeah. mould kind of thing. Yeah, but it's because yeah. your imagination's gone wild. Totally. Um, I get... So So um, when you said this and when you were talking about Damien Rice there, so I, I haven't listened to a lot of... Um, Damien... I prefer, right. I I prefer his dad. Now, I prefer <laughs> his dad, Bob. And... Um, <laughs> But um, I, I've spoken about this guy quite a lot, um, so I'm sorry to repeat myself. But um, I get this with a lot of electronic artists where there's no there's no lyrics. I think James Lavelle used to do it. A lot of trip hop did it, and Lawn does it a lot to me. Where it's completely electronic. There's barely any, any barely any vocals on it. Occasionally there's some etheric sentence or whatever. Yeah. But just the the soundscape that it creates writes writes. I, I imagine a story. I imagine a bunch of feelings and senses. I think that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. You don't even need words, and you sit there casting your brain, and it creates a story. But it is absolutely unique to me and how I what I link a portion of those sounds to. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. But don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but. Um, I one of the other one of the other artists that I originally had on the list, um, who I kind of took out because I wanted to pull someone else in, but Bonavere are an artist mm. that I've like. Yeah, what they do to my brain when yeah. I'm listening to him is amazing. And yet, if you listen to his lyrics, most of them are, are almost gibberish to some mm. extent. They don't they don't flow. There's no connection. But actually, you make like uh, micro connections as you're going through mm-hmm. to parts of the song. And then you kind of, it draws you, or it just does to me anyway, it draws me to a place where I'm sort of trying to connect the dots in the song. Mm. And much like, you know, when somebody puts a piece of art on the wall mm. and you look at it and go, what, is, right, what were they trying to, to say? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, wicked. Look, I mean, last night I, was, I, I watched 500 people screaming the words, don't look back in anger, mm. with their arms around each other, yeah. which they've been doing for 20 or mm. so years. Does anyone know what the fuck that record's about? Yeah. I mean, lyrically, Oasis, I don't think they had anything mm. to say. It's, a, it's about a road collision. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, 
you do make your own interpretations, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and I think we've spoke about this before, and there's some storytellers which write, I think, like Squeeze is my example of that. Yeah. That they write that you can't not see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's almost a, a, a script. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, and I like that. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I won't say anymore just in case they're on your list. So I'll, No, you're right. Yeah. No, no, they're not on my list. They're not. And anyway, it's a made up band. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but Bonnever, um, I think it's like, it, a lot of that is tone. So like, yeah. we're, so me and Andy, Andy is one of the rad dudes. Ah, look, right. Andy's one of the rad dudes so we go snowboarding and um, but a lot of the time um, when I'm out there I listen to Bonava even when we're snowboarding yeah and when we get in at the night time and we're like you know we get, all ca- get all cosy on yeah. a campfire whatever got a but, fire going but you know it is, I, I still couldn't tell you what half even my, his, like, like my favourite songs are his yeah. are about I, don't, I honestly don't know they're a feeling that yeah. they, they cause and they do create a story but it's again it's like linking that to long like I don't actually completely know what this he's saying but he's, he, he, he's, he's, uh, the tone and his pitch yeah. casts that story for me it feels sensitive like there's one that I've really always linked to about my mum and you know, it, I mean it could be about that but I've never looked into it and it's not yeah. it's not a closed you know, cut and shut. That that's definitely what that, that song's about. So he does a cover of uh, Justin Vernon. I mean, I'm a massive fan of his. Literally, it pains me that he's not on on a list that I'd like to put in the top five. If you know what I mean? Yeah. But he does a cover of "I Can't Make You Love Me" that he sort of blends with uh, "Nick of Time," and like the songs in their own right, like great songs initially. That, you know, good to listen to, but just when he Paul, when he puts the cover together, I, I, I listen to it and I'm like, I just literally want to listen to that again and again mm. and again. Like in terms of the the visualization it creates in your mind, and it is. You're right. It does come down to his control of music and tone and the way he kind of blends. He's not he's not afraid to take a risk as well. Like no. you know, their music's totally changed over the years. But um, yeah. Anyway, Bon Iver aren't in my list. I suppose so <laughs> I shouldn't really be talking <laughs> about him. But I've snuck in a sick. Don't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so next on my list um, so I was I've always been into indie and stuff like that um, but Alex Turner has always been someone who stuck out for me at such a young age to sort of deliver much more direct in terms of his delivery of the story but you know things that he can the things that he speaks to in terms of when you're listening to him, there's a handful of people that sort of fit the mould in terms of that he'd done a great job. But for me, he really sticks out to be at such a young age. You know, like Rich to the Rubble when he says things like red lights indicate doors are secured. You're like, everybody's noticed that in a taxi, but no one's ever written it down because it's fucking boring. And then you get it down on a page in a song like that and you can just see the way he makes it flow, lyric into lyric. And he creates like a... I think with Arctic Monkeys and Alex Turner specifically... They, for me, it's the nostalgia they create. I think yeah. most people, mm-hmm. he's very smart at the way he kind of picks up on common mm-hmm. threads in people's yeah. lives or social interactions, the way you engage, the things you might have gone through. Lads um, with tracky bottoms tucked yeah, in. Exa- yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and it just sort of, you, you know, they're observation. It's observational, a bit like observational comedy. Yeah. You know, it's like you look at it and you think. Christ, I could have written that. Like, I mean, it's mm. basically my, if mm. I just sat down and wrote what happened in my life, mm. but I didn't because I'm not as good at the, as they are actually articulating mm. it. And one of the other things I do love about his work is the way he kind of 
the way he blends it with the tone and the the way musically he pulls it together in such a way where the pace of a track or whatever Definitely. also lends itself to kind of where you're gonna where you're going with it and where he wants yeah. to take you to. It, yeah. Go on. He'd make my top five, mate, and and, and for all those reasons, like. He was he was fascinated. I think uh, his English teacher has previously spoken up. You know, back at like school days, that how he was fascinated with English and the English language, and he does make the mundane seem poetic, yeah, and nostalgic. It's and pure John Cooper Clark, isn't right, it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Go on. Um, yeah, and and like you say, it's even rhythmically now. Like on songs, uh, I, just, not, I haven't really listened the most recent to the most recent album yet, really. But AM, I was absolutely that was just on constant play, and it blew my mind. And even how he, it's almost like rap, how he was linking sentences together. Yeah. Um, on even songs like Are You Still Mine? Like, it, it's genius. It has a poetic license. He's he's in, he's an incredible um, songwriter. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Completely. I think the the pace of the songs is is like changing to fit the mood of it. Like I think the the end of Fake Tales of San Francisco is a good example of that, and a certain romance as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think I mean, what was he like? Seventeen when he yeah he was he like was that? so young. I yeah. mean that is the that is the other thing. Like you think that is not coming from. That's not coming from years of hard work. That yeah. is just raw talent. Yeah, kind yeah. of yeah, sure. to be able to deliver that at such a young age. Yeah, and to handle it in the way he has, like in in as far as like, you know, he's a, you know, I I think it is just talent, and I mm. think that's that's the kind of thing that you want to capture. Is and I think that's hopefully some of the things that in this top five, everyone that I kind of encompass is just somebody that actually is committed to what they want to do, mm. not necessarily there is one that sort of deviates from me a little bit after his first album. Mm. But, um, you know, at their base level, when they first started at very least, they were just in it for a passion of creativity that they had, that they just wanted to share with the world kind of thing. And it didn't matter how it came about. It was just like, I don't care. This is, and it just happened to be, I suppose with the Arctic monkeys that people loved it because it's, great the stars are light like every like the, the, the greatest bands it, there is like that degree of, like it's hard work every single one of them is talented but you just we know a lot of people in bands i mean Stu has promoted it for god knows how long and, and even me for a little bit and you sometimes see super talented bands and then just the stars don't quite align or whatever yeah. or there's there's one thing that's missing out of that band that they they're not going to really get together and you've only got a certain period of time before people's lives move on and that. Yeah. But with Arctic Monkeys it was all there. Like that there's it just sounded incredible as well, didn't it? Like every like every yeah. They I were so tight. Like they they are they such work. a tight outfit. Like yeah. when you see them live, you just like they do not skip a beat mm. and they're so good. Like mm. I mean for me I just they they've got that whole I mean their music lends itself to if you just want to dance and not listen to the music, you can listen to the lyrics, yeah. you can absolutely do that. If you want to listen to the lyrics, lyrics and take it a bit deeper, you can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everyone that's there is having their own little journey in terms of how they enjoy it. But um yeah, it fits a club, it fits a stage so I guess it's pretty natural yeah. it would go that way I and mean, just saying about artists that sad, like haven't quite got there yet kind of thing um, Longy is a local lad um, like I went to school with Nick and yeah I mean absolutely like, I think his voice is amazing mm-hmm. like, I, you know when we were when I was still living back in Essex mm-hmm. we saw him in his old iterations of bands and stuff 
and I think you know he works really hard for me like in terms of what he puts into it um and it's just for me it's a bit of a shame that he's never really been picked up and, and sort of taken to where he wants to go but actually he is someone that again stands true to what he wants to do and for I, sure man yeah I mean he, he played last night he, he played it uh, oh, yeah yeah uh, uh last night yeah and and yeah like you know he's he he's he's a mate of mine as well yeah uh and I've seen him in Fleet and then Black Market and, yeah and and I, yeah, I just think he's had lots of opportunities. And I say this with the greatest respect to him as well. He's had lots of like kind of opportunities, but on several occasions he won't compromise. Yeah, and that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's like sometimes you think, "Roll with it, Nick." Like it yeah. might it might open another door. Yeah, yeah. but then the, the flip side of it is fair play, mate. Like mm. you you want to do it and do it your way. Yeah. And you know, and he's obviously just done the the year of gigs, didn't he? Where he yeah, yeah, yeah. Played, like yeah. you know, more, some days I got two or three gigs in a day for a year, and yes, you know, he's 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 an interesting dude, and and I think you know, if if fame eludes him currently, then I think at some point in the future, people will look back and go, "Fucking hell, he's got a body of work now." Yeah, yeah, like. I mean, it's really a question of is, is fame your end goal? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. actually, as a creative, it might not be. Yeah. To make a living out of something might be your yeah. only... Yeah. See, but then I think that that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? Can you make a living out of it? Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I know at times he was, you know, sleeping at my mate's mm -hmm. studio, sleeping in the back of a van at my mate's, you know, outside yeah. my mate's studio. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and everything was about, the next gig and things like that, and yeah. you know, that that kind of compromise is, you know, that's, that's for real. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's. It, I, I just I find him an, an intriguing character. Yeah, and 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 I think he's you know he's talent and his voice is never to be questioned. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, when I said the stars don't always align, and, and, and this is the example, it's strange you call Longy because I'm talking about London Black Market. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you think, like, I, I remember listening to Checkmate and then listening into that about a billion times because yeah. it's just a fucking banger. Yeah. And it's got everything in that song to me. It's got everything that the Arctic Monkeys had, to yeah. me, in my mind, like, lyrically, how it was delivered, his voice, it had everything. And yeah. Like, and I was just gutted when that sort of like, and as we say, like things change and people's motives differ, and then that doesn't really come to mainstream fruition. Yeah, but yeah. It's, uh, I guess it's the same in any walk of life, right? At some point, you have to take a decision: Do I, if I want to be creative and it doesn't pay the bills, how long can I do that for? And is it sustainable? Mm. Can I find another stream of income that allows me to still be mm. creative? And that, or alternatively, do I compromise? Do I? change my mm. approach a little bit to become something a little bit different mm. because commercially that makes more sense and it means that financially I'm secure mm. or, or all that kind of stuff you know I mean it's um I mean the milk are a good example for me like mm. I mean I, yeah um but Luke I've known Luke when I went through my ex-girlfriend and like really great lads went through loads of iterations of Vinnie Vinnie phase before that and mm. you know I used you know love listening to him kind of thing and I think Rick's got a great voice and they're a oh, really great I mean that's someone that's got a voice yeah fuck me but they found their 
you know, they found what they love doing, right? Yeah. With the soul kind of mm. side to it. And yeah. I, I think it's not a surprise it's worked for them. Yeah. But you, I used to look back on the amount of hard yards that they put in. And oh, you'd absolutely. Think that, and I think that's the thing with all of it, creativity. You put a lot of hard yards in and sometimes it will come to nothing and that might mm. be a decade of your life. But yeah. Completely. I mean, yeah. we've had Mitch and Dan on, haven't we? Yeah, um, good lads. Come around and done top five biscuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was a great top five, yeah. man, wasn't it? Um, what was the top... What was the t- Top biscuit. I'll tell you what, a biscuit of lunch that comes into you. It's a chocolate hobnob. Was it? Uh, They're number one, weren't it? I, uh, was it a hobnob or was it the old. Um, I'm sure it was a chocolate uh, hobnob. What, what was the other one with the, it's a milk? I, I buy it. I have these quite regularly. Oh, the Foxy's ones. The one that's the layer of chocolate on the top and then biscuit on the bottom. Oh, um, like the, the, like the uh, French ones or whatever. They oh. Are. Fuck. <laughs> it's just gone out of my mind. People are listening screaming. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this? they are good. They, they are. are really good. Um, uh, I also had uh, I, I put out a, a, a midweek episode with Mitch this week okay, on off, yeah. off the beaten track because they um, they played rough trade um, Wednesday night as a, as a sort of intimate, uh, yeah, yeah uh, launch. So just a, a shameless um, plug, plug. There, just because they're, they're top lads. But the Milk's new album he's he's, he's oh, currently yeah. out, oh, so uh, it's just come out this week. So go and check out the Milk because they're. Uh, they are fucking. Oh, they're top lads. Yeah. They've done the live show as well, didn't they? Like, yeah, 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 it's a good crack. Great lads. Can I just say on this subject of young uh, like songwriters? So my favourite band is like as a kid when we were going to the Rush all the time as youngsters was Incubus and uh, Brandon Boyd. Like I used, to, I remember like who was it? It was probably Jay who gave who, who, uh, Jay or Tom who gave me uh, Science Incubus's second record, and they were like fucking sixteen, seventeen when they wrote like when he wrote that lyrically. It's just it's not only lyrically but. Like the concepts he's challenging in that blew my fucking because I was about his age I couldn't yeah. believe someone my age was capable of writing that let alone what the band were doing on the record because yeah. there's thousands of in, not thousands they're playing a wide variety of instruments I mean I know that's new metal yeah. but it, that, that I'd listen to now and still be like that's actually pretty pretty impressive stuff when people have got it it's just yeah yeah it's amazing Gold to dust. see and like you t- like Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wanker. You were, you were, your lyrics were pretty strong, did you? You know, what sort of things were you right, singing about in Serious Problem, mate? Uh, one was called Wank Meg. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, what was that about? That is a serious problem. <laughs> it, 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 it was is. a serious problem back in the day, not so much anymore. Uh, bizarrely, can I just say that, uh, obviously, we, we put out the episode uh, last week with Cunt in the Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught up with him um night before last, and Mr. Gels. Yeah. Uh, previous guest yeah. uh, writer of Bumface uh, Poo Hands mm-hmm. um, was doing some sort of house clearance type thing yeah. and went phoned up cunt and went um, I've just uncovered something <laughs> um, do you want 800 wank makes <laughs> and he went yes <laughs> So yeah, he's got eight hundred weight oh, makes. Oh man, he's hit the he's hit the. It's coming on a pallet, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming on a pallet. <laughs> oh, nice. Man, yeah. Number three. Number three. Number three. Um, so this is my replacement for Bonavere, um, and it's it's primarily from one specific album, but Plan B when he did um, Who Needs Actions when you got words, mm. like I listened to that. I mean that is. It's some pretty dark stuff. It's not for everyone, I don't yeah. think. Like the way he talks and the way he, um, the way he kind of pulls his lyrics together. They're, yeah. they're quite dark subjects. Um, Is this the debut album? It was his first album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing, he's the one for me that, you know, 
massive respect for him but like in terms of taking a commercial turn he took a like from that album to his follow-ons mm. went in like a, a much more commercial direction um and not to say that I'm only interested in dark lyrics that that's all I'm into right, but there is like a, there was a grittiness to what he's uh, to what he said in that and that and actually you know some of them were based on true stories or true representations of, of real situations you know and I guess Again, I suppose that's you know that was his. He was the youngest he was at that point, so he, it was the the rawest stuff he was going to make. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I listened to that. You know, it's, it's not it's not like an everyday pick you up kind of album, but um, like this he kind of smacks of he smacks of Eminem, like yeah. in terms of the way he delivers it. It feels very Eminem in terms of um, it's got that kind of jovial edgy kind of um delivery as such um but the but lyrically and the the story um what's the track called i'm trying to remember it i'm looking it up now I'm trying it's to been think. ages since i heard it he does uh there's so many on there like the the kids six one, where, death. What was that one? six to death six to death he does um so even the first the the first track on the album kids i mean like mm. i'm pretty sure that's a track where he sort of Gets to the gets towards the end of the track and then the last verse reverses a whole reverses a concept, mm. a story of what's happened. Yeah. And actually, you know, I actually listened to it on the way down here. Um and the way he does it is just like when I talk about creating a story, it sort of builds a you're following a story mm. of a young lad who's found himself in a really shit situation, ended up in hospital and dying or whatever. But then actually when he reverses it, you sort of take it back to what it could have been or yeah how it could have been different, you know, if he'd have made different decisions when he was sat at home listening to his CDs or whatever, like, w- yeah. would it have, would it have changed his outcome yeah. kind of thing? And I think, um, like Charmaine is, is another one that yeah. sort of stands out. Like, uh, it's got like a, it's a bit more kind of poppy, I suppose, in terms of the, the musical side of it, but like interesting concept, like this, this guy kind of meets this, meets this girl. They start, going places and things yeah. start happening yeah, yeah. and then his mate suddenly right at the end sort of turns around to him and goes dude that girl's 14 yeah and he's got like like yeah. the that's the kind it. of social narrative on it is like actually that's really real like you know it's quite a difficult thing to do to determine someone age, yeah. someone's age kind of thing especially in this day and age um you got but something yeah. to say, Andy? What's this going to be? <laughs> yeah. kind of... <laughs> it's a good point, yeah. I'll leave it there before no, I incriminate myself. It's, it is a cracking... Um, he, he was very good at that. Immortal Technique was a rapper who did a really dark um, song. I think... I, I, I've got it. I'm trying to bring up his songs now. I think it was... That's a bad uh, name for an know. artist. Immortal Technique. He's very good. He's like the, he's like the Yank version of Akala, but he was around for like 20 years before Akala. Um, oh, Sorry, I can't add to this. I think it's called Dance with the Devil. I could be wrong. Um, Guess what? Yeah, I, do you think when he took a commercial, like you say, he took a commercial turn? I've never, like, I know he's, like, when he started singing, but I thought his singing voice was fucking pretty incredible, Pam. But I yeah, didn't yeah. realise that was coming out of him, to be honest with you, so I saw it. When I first heard, uh, oh, wait, Stay Too Long, was it? Stay Too Long, yeah. Person. I mean, I didn't realise it was... Obviously, I knew it was him rapping, but yeah, I yeah. it was him singing. And then I saw this Radio 1 thing of him in the studio, and I was like, wow. And and I, I think that track's fucking awesome. Mm. Like, I, I really do think mm. that's a great... I don't know what genre you'd put that in. Mm. And then, obviously, she 
said. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. she said. Yeah. Um, that was a was that number one. I don't know. It's huge, wasn't it? I don't it? know. Like, I don't know. It was impressive. It. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've heard them, but I can't remember the, the, the yeah. title. Um, but yeah, it was like he, he just then become an actor as well, didn't he? It was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like Harry. Was it Harry? Yeah, Harry Brown is fucking dark yeah, yeah. as hell. That was yeah. great. But that was great. I mean, like, and again, even like that. I mean, like that. That demonstrates like the creativity that somebody's mm, got, or the yeah. diversity that someone's that, got yeah. to be able to kind of venture into different angles. Yeah, well, he, did, he did his own thing, Ill Manners. Didn't Sweet. he? Yeah. Red Scrine. Uh, um, he's currently all over the shop with some aftershave as, as well as movies now. He's like he's got got some bad boy aftershave with Yves Saint Laurent or something like that. It's pretty nice. cool. But he was in Ill Manners. Red Scrine was fucking dope in that, and it was great. You yeah. know, he put that out. Massively talented young lad, Pamby. Yeah, yeah. He put out some stuff about maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. He, he looked very different. Mm. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, he lost a, a lot of weight. A hell of a lot of weight, hadn't he? And he did come to South End and play. Um, I, 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 I didn't go, but um, the stuff he put out, I weren't feeling it at all. Yeah. It's like, well, the most recent stuff. Mm, yeah, I totally respect, like, you know, for any artist that changes direction, I have no. There, there are some artists that, like, I have huge respect for and I absolutely love, like Maccabees, Bombay Bicycle Club. You've like album after album. There's yeah. been no repetition of what they've done yeah. before. You, you can't ident- you can't even identify what they were doing before. It's like from one to the other to the other. Like the Maccabees for me are are a band that like they're like the only fools and horses of like they they did some great stuff and they stopped when they needed to stop do you know what I mean <laughs> I, I use them as a reference point for it, for what you say there all the time when you talk about nowadays you've it's so rare that a band gets a record deal that will let them make that next album yeah, yeah. and try something different yeah and the Maccabees are the absolute epitome of that yeah like everything they've done was such a, a change in direction. Yeah. And, oh, oh my fuck me, what a band. Yeah. What a band. And, and yeah. and Such so, a nice bunch of lads as well, right? Oh, just the nicest. I mean, there's an episode on, of Hardcore Listing with, with Hugo. I thought it was a bit of a cunt. And, that's what he said. That was why, yeah. One, yeah. That was one he of those. He done, he done songwriters. Yeah, did um, he? And, uh, yeah, he done, mm. um, I'm sure it's very similar to what you've chose, actually, like is it? In, in regards to the, the subject, wasn't it? Because he was talking about... Um, I can't, you ain't going to remember, are I'm you? Not no, remember. that's why I'm um, looking at you blank-faced. But, uh, but yeah, oh, yeah, just the, the nicest guys ever. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think coming out of that podcast, I, yeah. I, the rush, I don't know what it was, but I, I was absolutely... Blown away by it when you. It's a bit like how you're going to feel today, I imagine, mate. Mate, I've got it now. Calm yourself down. You're lucky you can't stand at the table. That's right. The rush I'm getting. Yeah. Number two. Uh, So. Hang on. Before we go any further, shall we open that present over there? It's winking at me. How long are we we okay for time? It's not for me. Yeah, we're at 52 minutes. All right, go on, go on. Okay. So I was bought a present by Winnie, wasn't I, from one of our listeners, and I just thought I'd open it online, hopefully. Oh, you got a card there? It's a letter that accompanies it. You, oh, no, right. Oh, God. It, this... I'll, I'll read it out. You sure? But what happens if it's really personal and like. But there's nothing okay, private. So... Oh, right. It's not for you anyway. Uh. Page 76. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you didn't have to walk to the post office for this. Uh, as you've already offered to be. Ah, uh, uh, right. Uh, right, yeah. So I, I won't go into this. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, don't, don't go out of your way to give this to Chris. Just chuck it over Stu's garden fence if you're passing. Kind <laughs> uh, regards, uh, uh, Winnie. So uh, safe to open. Is this safe for podcast? You reckon? Let's, let's see. Let's okay. see. Well, thanks, Winnie. This I like the awesome. danger element of that. Oh wow! Look at these. Kinder surprises all tied together, and I think I've got oh, a little, and a little letter here as well, which I'm not going to read out on on here. Oh, that's really cool. Um, oh, Winnie, thank you so much. I'm going to read that in a little bit. And sorry, I haven't had these until now, but I'm looking forward to them. So, Winnie, that's Winnie, very, are you very... prepared to come and build all the toys in there? Because Chris yeah. definitely isn't capable of that. <laughs> I collect Warhammer. What are you going on about? I can yeah, do that with my eyes. Closed. Little figures prepared for you so you can paint them already. Yeah, yeah you don't. Exactly. Yeah, the cheap way out. Oh, yeah. um, before we get on to your number two or anything like that, um, you also you also run Talk Club as well, matey, don't you? Yeah, so we've recently set that up. One of the things that um, so Talk Club is an, another amazing um, venture that was set up by a, a group of guys. But the guy that I came to it through was Ben Akers, who did a film. Um, I suppose it was about a year ago now, I suppose it came out, called Steve, which was a documentary um, about suicide um, and how we prevent um, men's suicide rates. Mm. Um, suicide is the biggest killer of men under 45. Um, and how so, old are you now, Stu? I'm out of woods. Fuck yeah, <laughs> thank God for that. I want you to We're not, mates. <laughs> we got five years to go. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Talk Club came out the back of that in the exploration. Uh, so Ben's goal for the film was to basically save one life, which actually in the film you realise, once you meet him after the film, you realise actually happened pretty quickly. Um, but the concept was really to explore what we can do to change our attitudes towards it and how it, what we can do for men to kind of change their outcomes really. And what it often boils down to, I think what they came across, which is the same with dads in mind, is that men don't talk. I mean, that's the bottom line of it. So on the back of that and on his journey to creating Steve, they also founded Talk Club, which um, is basically defined as a mental kick about a mental kickabout for men. You sit down around a table um give people respect uh, it might be strangers the, in, the intention of it is is encouraged to to encourage you to sit down with your friends i mean i set up a group for mm-hmm. us but like we as a group of friends we've known each other for a long time we all live in different parts of the world or country now or whatever um and it's actually not as easy to when we went through our struggles with um postnatal depression it's really difficult to bring up the struggles you're having when you're not seeing people regularly you don't have that opportunity to kind of everybody's expecting you to be on good form, you know, oh, let's go for a beer, we'll go out for dinner or, you know, and do you want to be the one that brings that conversation down? So it's really difficult to kind of bring those those kind of conversations to the fore when you don't see people that often. So uh, Talk Club was designed initially, I think, to encourage people to kind of set those groups up with their friends and sit down around the table and, and just have a conversation about the really important things in your life rather than whether it be about football rugby women beer whatever you know or a standard chat at the pub um no, put no, those we, to we one never side talk about these things Andy. no absolutely yeah. <laughs> we don't like football <laughs> true we don't yeah what do we'll we talk it. about what do we, we talk about out greg normally usually talker. let's not get into that he'll get really upset i can see his esteem <laughs> popping out of his ears as we speak just at the concept of it um so yeah, I mean, Talk Club was designed to basically bring men together to talk about 
in small groups to discuss what's going on for them. Um, and so now I think, I can't remember how many, I'm probably going to misreport it. It's about 15, you've got about 15 groups running around the country. We set up in Bath, we had our first meeting in Bath in December. Um, they're all, uh, the guys that started it are generally based in Bristol. So Bristol's got a good hub of people that run there. And we run basically, it's like for us in Bath, it's monthly get togethers. Um, How many people? It depends, really. It's very much, I mean, it's the same with all these things. Like, mental health is a really challenging subject for people to face up to. And often they will, they'll want to talk, but they won't be in a place to necessarily turn up and do it in a group or. Are they prepared to face it yet or not? So all you can really do is try and keep in touch with people. And some days you'll find that you'll be expecting eight or nine people to come along and there's just two or three of you sat in a room. Other times you're expecting four or five and, you know, you've got a room full of 12 and you can't kind of... You know, we're only just starting with... Certainly with Talk Club in Bath, we've probably had... I think we had five at our first session and there were only three of us at our last one. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is, even if there's only three of you in a room... you you do talk yeah. a lot more, you know, it yeah. gives you the opportunity to talk in depth about things that you're going through. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, like the, the, in um, our last session, you know, I was having a bit of a rough time of things. And so it was a great opportunity to talk with people that I don't normally see um, and kind of share what I'm going through and just bounce some ideas. It's, it's not really a, it's a listening space. It's not a therapy group or anything like that. Um, dads in mind is certainly much more so we get perinatal support from occupational therapists and all that talk club is very much centered on getting men talking um and, and so yeah i mean it's i think they're all great initiatives for getting getting guys to open up more and talk about things that otherwise they just bury in their own in their own head kind guys of guys can be very um solutions based so <clears throat> i've done different training i've been on different training courses for this for um dealing with vulnerable people and but a lot of the things that I uh, the mistakes I've made in the past in relationships or just with friends um, who are going through things is they say something to me and I try to give them a solution. Yeah. And a lot of the time, and that done out of best intention, you know, I'm trying to oh, fuck. This is your problem, right? Let's get that solved. But sometimes it's so difficult to untangle that spaghetti bowl of problems and 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 and, and issues that. You might not be able to, and, and I've realised that just listening and talking is uh, is part of the solution in, in of itself. It be, yeah. To be a landing pad for people just to go, whoa, whoa, this is what's happening. Yeah. That's it. I'll what do they say? Problem shared is a problem halved. That's really cheesy, but it is so true. Mm. And it's it's one thing I learned when Lucy had a uh, postnatal depression. You have to get comfortable with the idea that you cannot fix somebody else. Somebody else has to; fi- they have to mm. fix themselves mm. and find their own way through it. And that means that for a period of time, you might just have to be listening, mm. maybe repeating the same process, mm. going through the same cycle, but gradually trying to help them change it, offering mm. what you can offer, but knowing that you aren't their solution. And yeah. I think too many of us these days are like, "Oh, well, you know, we can solve that with you know money or time or whatever. Yeah. What can I do for you?" And it is a really natural thing to want to do, but I think once you understand mental health and you've been through it, to be able to sit in a for now place, if that makes sense, and kind of hold on to that and be mindful of the fact that this is okay and just me sat next to you telling you that I'm here is enough. We don't even have to be having a conversation. Yeah. Often at Dad's in Mind, sometimes you get people coming along and they don't say a lot. They just sit and listen. Yeah. 
but then I'll get an email from them afterwards saying it was so useful yeah. to just hear what someone else has gone Definitely, through. Definitely, man. Hearing, hearing, I, I've had that a lot with the um, with mum and dad, and and and, and sometimes I've spoken to people who've been in similar situations because uh, those those things exist when you you know you go and meet other people who are dealing with um, dementia or something yeah. like that. And then you realise, oh, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not saying that they gave me some like ultimately like best one stop fix for it. Yeah. But just to know that there's people there, and it's like this isn't this isn't a unique experience. Actually, it's it's it's, it's humbling to know that. It's a way. It's sobering. It makes you go, okay, this isn't a poor me type scenario. This is life, and actually, there's ways of maybe looking at this that I'm not currently yeah. which might be of use and that doesn't mean I need to say anything during that meeting it yeah. just might mean me sit, sitting there watching someone else talk so it's really good I think that like the one that you set up um, the, the one that we've done I think a, a lot that, that's been good and it's it's been good for me sometimes to let you guys know because I'm often not someone who will talk about it because I also think there's not a solution sometimes to some of the things that I'm personally going through like many of us yeah. so why say it you know, because it's been going on for so long now. Why go, no, you know all that weird shit? That's all completely still happening all the time and nothing can be done about it. Yeah. So I feel sometimes bad about saying that. Like, I don't want to be a broken record. But it, sometimes it's really helped on that on that WhatsApp group. And I talked to a lad at, um, at work about um, our talk club and that. Uh, um, and he went and started setting one up with his own mates on his WhatsApp group as yeah. well. The most unlikely person I thought would do it as well. It was yeah. Really crazy. And he went, "That's a great idea." It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you, like the courage that weirdly combining the two. I'd sort of I'd just seen Steve just in the documentary, so I wasn't involved with Talk Club when I started Dad's in Mind as such. Mm. Although I'd you know expressed an interest and said I think it's a great thing, and mm. you know if I can do anything to help. But I set it up on the back of watching the documentary and then I had a dad's in mind meet the following week, I think. And then I sat down with a guy there who, you know, was in a really bad place. I mean, he was sat down, you know, talking of taking his own life and his marriage wasn't going to last. And, you know, that he felt like a terrible father and all this kind of stuff. Had so much stuff going on in his head. Mm. I saw him, we had a conversation and Talk Club came up and I said, oh, I've just set up a WhatsApp group and actually I found it really helpful for just bouncing ideas around with people that I like, know, trust and yeah. love or whatever. He came back four weeks later to the next meetup. Um, I, I've lit, I was blown away. The guy literally went away. Um, he was a paramedic. He'd gone away and he had changed the outcome of his job. His wife had changed their job. The marriage was in a much better place. He went and set up a WhatsApp group that evening, which was a talk club with all his NTT lot, and found out that all the dads were pretty much bar two. I think were going through a similar thing. Yeah. Um, he was practicing self care a lot more. I mean, he was literally in a place to help support others yeah. at that point, and that was like in a four week turnaround. Crazy, and the powerful thing about that is like all that sparked that. He'd not talked to anyone yeah. about how he was feeling before that and then four weeks later yeah. he sat in a room basically in a position okay not explicitly so because he's still working through his yeah, situation sure. but like his mindset just went yeah. completely 180 because you re you start rewriting your own perspective and yeah. it's so quick how you can come out of a, a dark place not always as well like you know I, I thought I've been out of holes and I'm not yeah but you know you you need to have the once you get a different perspective, it can be quite a, a quite a radical change. You know? Yeah, it's worth trying. Definitely. And I, like you say about being, a, mm. you know, looking after your mum and mm. dad and that. I mean, like being a carer 
is a I mean you wouldn't have it any other way because you would you love that person and you would do everything for them but at the same time the mental drain and emotional drain it takes on you if you haven't got an outlet to sort of deal with yeah. that kind of thing and that be that whether you're caring with someone with mental health or physical mm. ailments or whatever mm. but caring is a, a full-time emotional job so you need somewhere to kind of offload at times but yeah and you still can't smother them with pillows no intrusive thoughts again oh, oh shit <laughs> you've been waiting Actually, for one <laughs> intrusive thoughts haven't you one conversation about intrusive thoughts and suddenly they're real <laughs> um, just one last thing I think is really clever about Talk Club is that you when you, you give a rating each time like how, are, how are you on a scale of 10 but you can't give a 7 yeah. Because like seven is just like, no, you know, you got a sort of like false conversation. Like, yeah. That's are you good. six or you're an eight? Where are you out of 10? And that's, I mean, that's the, the the only question. Sorry, I should have said that. But that's the only question that they, they encourage you to ask initially is, where are you out of 10? And then everyone gives a number. So it's not really a threatening thing. It's like, if you come back with a three, we've got something to talk about. If you come back with a nine, you're probably all right. What's your fucking problem? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great, man. That's cool. Very cool. Shall we do number two? Number two, yeah. What have you got? Uh, number two is uh, Kate Tempest, who is, uh, I mean, she is, for me, is like the epitome of somebody, yeah, creatively, I think she's amazing. The way she tells stories through her words are phenomenal. Um, I guess I've been, yeah, been a fan of her since uh, through Pip and the spoken word scene and it was amazing sort of I used to I actually found it quite difficult when she went from kind of just spoken words to applying music to a words kind yeah, of thing because it's yeah it was kind of quite some of it felt quite natural and other other parts of it felt quite jarring, jarring yeah. um but I guess that's just an adjustment and sure. actually now you know a new album and that is amazing um She's incredible. I think, you know, for all the things that she's done, uh, Brand New Ancient, she's done so many different... Mm -hmm. She is such an in intelligent and incredible artist, in my opinion, and somebody who literally, yeah, bears, a, bears exactly what she wants on a page, and it's kind of like, it's deep, it's meaningful, it's humorous. There's so many different facets to it. I mean, she is a poet, I guess, at, at a root cause. Mm. Um and she's applied that in so many different angles, and I have so much respect for her. Yeah, her, like you said this about, um, you said this previously about the passion of, uh, of some people in their writing. I don't think I've ever seen it more so than I've seen it in Kate Tempest, and never has it been more attractive as well. Yeah. Like I, I'm attracted to Kate Tempest because she, just how she comes across, like the passion of it. Uh, yeah, she really is. She's an incredible writer. I think yeah. there's, um, when, when we used to do all this spoken word sort of stuff, um, I say we, Pip was doing it and I used to bum around as like some like, 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 like road. On, on your skateboard on a, uh, on a tow rope. <laughs> Come on, Pip, uh, yeah, exactly. take me up the A1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not what we used to call it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but like of all of the performers, and we saw a lot, um, we'd hang out or chat with a lot. Kate was, you know, definitely the one who, that passion. It was like never ending. With yeah. Her. Like it, everything was sacrificed so she could write what she wanted to write and get into yeah. it. And yeah, it comes across, man. And she's so humble as well. Like mm. I think she's so humble with like a talent. Like there are people out there who have a bit of talent and want to shout about it a lot. I mm. feel like she's one of these people who's got a lot of talent. Mm. And is quite happy to play it down and yeah. sort of. She's got many, many other things she wants to shout about. Yeah. Like, and she's fucking great at it. 
Yeah. It's my favourite, my, my, like the, the, the recent stuff, he's my, whenever I get off the train and it's like, I'm going to walk through London. Yeah. This goes on straight away. The, like, some of the political messages and like a new, I can't remember the name of the track, what was it called? Let me people's see Faces. It, there you go. Yeah. I mean, like on a day like today, the foot, Today is the Mate. first day that we're out of Europe, Thank right? God. How weird is that? <laughs> Weight off no my difference. shoulders. Yeah, yeah. You Weight off my shoulders. You haven't got to do any more negotiating with the EU. <laughs> no, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, people's you faces. a lot of flags with you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a sad day, isn't it's it? Sad. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so, so I, I think we're going to split the conversation there. Andy, what was you, you going to say? No, I just, yeah, I think she's... I think she's great. She's what you were saying was about people's faces and the time that we're listening to it today. Yeah. It, it sounds, as we was leading up to the election, it fits perfectly. Yeah. And it, it's... A social commentary is just ridiculous. Like the, the it absolutely is, yeah. And it's done with such a... Again, like, she's someone that I listen to. So I, I saw her live quite a few years ago now but then she did a, a book with Zingara I think which is uh, Everything Speaks in Its Own Way and it had a CD and a DVD as part of it of but her spoken word and my little boy actually it's funny my, my little boy um, about a year ago I basically had it in my car for like the last however long however many years I've had it listened to it quite a lot in the car He's only he was only like two and a half or whatever at the time. He took the CD out of the thing, jammed it onto the uh, ha- handbrake, and he was like, "Daddy, it fits." I was like, "No, it doesn't fit. It's completely smashed. Like it's broken. That's my the only CD I care about these days because yeah. I can't get it anywhere." Yeah, yeah. And luckily, wow. she just re-released it, so I've, yeah, I've recovered that. But um, yes, yeah, amazing. Like I listened to the, the iterations of. I've listened to that so many times and yet it, it speaks differently every time kind of thing. You find little nuances of things yeah. that you haven't picked up before. As, as someone who's obsessed with music, I, I try not to push music on my kids. Yeah. I, I let them find it and it's like, and they don't listen to anything I'm into. Yeah. Thank God. But every now and again, I will go listen to this. Yeah. And it's very rare. And it was people's faces. Yeah. I went to my oldest listen to this. I went, this, this, this is, nah. Yeah, yeah. What did she think of it? I guess kids don't always give you feedback. All right. <laughs> yeah. That, All that's, right. but that's All what right, you Dad, get out of teenagers, me. isn't it? Yeah. All yeah. Right, you know, and, and if dad's giving you music to listen to. Yeah. It's not going to be cool, is it? You go. I think you go through that phase, though, don't you? Where you're not interested in what your parents listen to. And like now, I look at my dad's record collection. Yeah. And I'm like... I just, you know, I go around and see my mum and dad and actually I'm quite, I'd quite like to just occasionally just get the record player out and just start f- flicking through whether it be Harry Nielsen or whatever he's got yeah. in there, you know. But like, because also that speaks of, you start to realise as you get older, I think, that it, music is a reflection of your personality and the things that you love. And so as you get older, you sort of reflect on your parents a bit and you're like, oh, well, now it's not a case of me saying that's not cool, dad. Now it's a case of, Oh, I want to understand what you're into. I want to know a bit more about what meant a lot to you when you were a kid because I get music now and I love it and you understand that a little bit more. I but, remember yeah. that because that, that, my parents didn't really listen to a lot of music as I grew up. It was almost like they'd had their time and, and just didn't continue with it. Yeah. It was, it's really sad, really. Mine were the same. And, um, but there was one, I, I remember, um, I don't know, I must have been mid-twenties, and then me and Dad sat down, had a drink, and we went through his, his, his collection, 
and there was a lot of Glenn Miller in there, a lot of Elvis Presley. And it was fucking brilliant to go really go through it and listen to what Dad thought about the songs. I remember being drunk. I remember writing what Dad was telling me. God knows where that is, but just taking notes of what he thought and. It was incredible, really close moment with my dad. Yeah. About you know the songs that he found the most significant in his life, and like you say, it is like um, or like they say tattoos, like your your favourite songs are a window to your soul. You yeah. Know? Because it might not be again like the direct interpretation of the lyrics, but hearing someone's expression of why that means so much to them really tell, tells you a lot about their nature. Yeah. Definitely. And when do you get a chance really to kind of? Not to say there's so much music out there that actually for you to even scratch the surface of what you might be interested in is like mm. nigh on impossible in some respects. Like it's a lifelong passion thing. I always recommend to start with Shania Twain and go, and then go mm. uphill from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one. This sounds that sounds re it's really cheesy. Now we say number one, but um, <laughs> I, I said to Chris like. Um, Pip is always someone that I've admired for his work ethic like, oh, for and so. his talent and that. And this sounds, <laughs> is exactly, that's exactly what I said to Chris. I was like, I feel like, if I'm talking about storytellers, mm. I feel like it needs to be in there, mm. but I feel like it's going to give him a big head and all that kind of, not that he needs me. He said he couldn't head. get any bigger. Exactly, it's yeah, yeah, big. it's quite big. It's, it's above proportions. When you so, said about storytellers at the beginning where you can see it, yeah. <clears throat> obviously I don't want to credit him. Yeah. But course, yeah, he's fucking nails it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like going through when we, you know, when we were when he was doing his spoken word stuff, and we were, I mean, he, watching him and, and sort of catching him allowed me access to kind of people like Kate and Polar Bear and mm. people like that who were amazingly talented kind of thing. So I'm really grateful for that. But you know, it really opened my eyes to a different genre as such. And um, yeah, I mean, no two ways about it. He is a great storyteller, isn't he? Incredible, you, man. Some of the things that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he would possibly he'd be, probably be in my top five. I think like where he came from, like in, in the, as my other storytellers would all come from sort of like the Sage Francis, the Saul Williams, um, there there are a lot, but he came from good foundation. He he had a good start of really what he was sort of like doing. Yeah. And then, and then, but then he delivered on it. There's a lot of people would listen to that music and be like, "Oh, I think I'm going to set out to write stuff and not come anywhere close to the things he was writing." If you think that in his first four, because I like to concentrate often just to fucking bust his balls, his songs about like not like back from hell, which I look back on and think they're like kind of clumsy. At the same time, really, that was one song in like four on the first thing that he sent me, and you had songs like Thousand Words. Rat Race, yeah. they're incredible, incredible stories in that. Letter yeah. from God to Man. Yeah. And we're not even out of his like first year of writing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The stuff that he did on his own was absolutely amazing. All the tracks on that. Tom, the Tommy one. Yeah. Magician's Assistant. It's fucking in incredible. I mean, like Letter from God to Man was the one that really stuck out for me mm. when he was doing the spoken word stuff because mm. it was like, it's just a really powerful narrative, isn't it? To make you sort of think about what it you know, think about the impact that people have had on the planet kind of thing and, and what that looks like. Um, very clever, at, you know, very clever at delivering it. And one of the things that I think is also, he is very good at, I'm going to have, we're going to have to find another way of not blowing his trumpet in a minute, I suppose. But, um, yeah, just amazing the way he would deal with 
difficult subjects like mm. suicide or mm. self-harm or anything like that mm. i mean angles is a great example right yeah. you're, you're talking about some really difficult subjects mm. but yet to stand in a room and watch it live it doesn't bring the mood of a room down no. like he's got a personality about him that brings yeah. it up to yeah, a level definitely. um so yeah i mean i think it's yeah, I, I, it would be wrong of me not to include him in a group of storytellers from my own personal perspective, and that is a bit conflicting with kind of um, yeah on his own network sort of selling it. But yeah, true. No, I think it. I think it's well true. I mean, we <clears> can <throat> we can do like a bonus episode of just running him down. Yeah. Um, if you want. Yes. I mean, a thousand words was uh, was how we wrote it, but uh, on the first edit it was about two thousand, so we cut out all the stuttering. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> just when I. I'll, First heard, uh, I would tap out. I would tap your name out in Morse code on my outer thigh. Yeah. Because I casually accept plaudits from on high. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, you clever fucker. Yeah. Like that's yeah. This. I mean that 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 track in itself, right? Yeah. You still, I listen to that, and you sort of think that could mean like not. Mm. It's got so many mm. sort of applicable scenarios in which you could be like mm. in terms of relationships mm. where you could be like you can sense the angst in it or mm. the sort of like the frustration but at the same time trying to deal with it and yeah it's such clever word really is wordplay broken um, promise kills me I mean, free you see a mousetrap while I see free cheese and a fucking challenge yeah. I yeah. mean I think that's just yeah. a great because you, you visualise it don't you and if we're talking about storytellers like with angles and stuff it's like you can picture Billy, you can see him kind of you know, doing all the things that he's doing and, and going through it. So, yeah, it'd be wrong of me not to credit him in a storyteller situation. But, yeah, if we could do a bonus episode to mug him off, that would also be great. <laughs> yeah, always, always, yeah, yeah. Always. No, I think that's a good shout and a good one to end on, man. Yeah. Stuart, have you got any um, any any other call-outs? Uh, Billy Bragg. Billy Bragg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to put Billy Bragg in there. Maybe Shane McGowan. Uh, blimey. Uh, Fred Durst you you can't not mention Fred Durst Uh, Bob Dylan (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Um, All right. um, so if people want to find out about the charity is there a website is there somewhere yeah so yeah so absolutely Um, so Dads in Mind we are at Dads in Mind on Facebook and generally all our details are on there it's a bit limited in terms of um, like our presence and stuff at the moment we're also on the Bluebell Care website so if you look for I think it's bluebellcare.org and then you can go through there to find Dads in Mind. Um, and then Talk Club, the website for Talk Club is called We Talk Club. Um, so dig in there. And it, yeah, I mean, I I got involved with that purely because I was interested in creating it and it's self-beneficial. But if anyone wants to set up a group in their local community, then I think we're totally up for that. And the more groups that we have, the more lives you can save kind of thing. So um, yeah, all good. Thank you very much for having me along. Oh, mate, mate, very, thank very, you so much. Yeah, Pleasure. very proud of you, mate. Very proud of you. Um, yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Oh, I get a room. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast. And it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, 
Um, there's features on Jade Adams, and it's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.